The Orlando Magic are just so close to breaking through and so close to being a not just a playoff-capable team, but a playoff-caliber team. But there's one thing holding them back, and it held them back in such a big way Friday night in Miami. That's right, turnovers. The big issue for this Orlando Magic team. Let's hop to it. It's a Saturday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 28th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Come and follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall to the Miami Heat 110 to 105 in a game that was tight pretty much all the way through, but a game that the Magic had control over. How the Magic lost control and the big thing that is holding them back from reaching their full potential. We'll get into that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. For about a quarter and a half, let's say from the middle of the first quarter to the end of the second half, I do not think the Orlando Magic have played much better defensively than they did in that stretch. They scrambled. They contested. They had second efforts. They have third efforts. The Miami Heat are not a great three-point shooting team, and so that certainly helped, but this Magic team was locked in, engaged, and frankly terrorizing. We all believe what this team can be defensively. And honestly, if I'm if I'm coach Jamal Mosley, I take those clips from especially like the early second quarter, late second quarter, I take those clips and I have them ready to show this team. Because this team did a lot of really good things. And 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 the point I'm going to make here isn't to question this team's resiliency. This team is resilient. They fight hard. They put in the effort. They put in the work to be good and to to put themselves in real positions to win. We have something here. Paolo, yes, has, has launched this team to new stratosphere. Franz has, yes, pushed this team higher. But there's something here. You watch this team, they're, 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 they're there. They do things that are good, for, for lack of a better way to phrase it. They do things that do get you excited and make you believe in what this team is capable of and what this team can be. And, and I think we saw that throughout the course of this game, especially in that second quarter when Orlando built a nine-point halftime lead. What was different, though, about that second quarter from the rest of the game. The Magic only had two turnovers in the second quarter. The rest of the game was about turnovers. Plain and simple, the Magic lost Friday night 
110 to 105. Not because Jimmy Butler made big shots down the stretch, although that was certainly a big piece of it. Not because Orlando struggled to get its offense going, although, you know, Paolo Bancaro was able to get to the line fairly consistently down the stretch, so it wasn't like the Magic weren't generating points or staying in the game. Orlando couldn't get stops at the critical moments in the final two minutes, but that's not what lost the game. You hear me say this all the time, like, yes, you know, good teams don't win, don't win close games. They avoid them because stuff like that happens. That's what Miami does. Miami just wants the game close so Jimmy Butler can carry them to the end, and he will do that. I know a lot of fans are upset with the officiating. We'll see what the last two-minute report says, but I don't think you'll find salvation there. The Magic lost this game because they turned the ball over too much. 20 turnovers for 34 heat points. Plain and simple, that was the game. Orlando shot the ball better. They defend. They defended the three-point line better. They only gave up 110 points per 100 possessions. They did so many things well. But the turnovers were a drain. It started out that way, too. Orlando with four turnovers on their first five possessions. They only had one shot in their first five possessions. But the numbers are simply staggering when it comes to turnovers. They had a 20.2% Turnover turnover rate for the game. That means they're essentially turning the ball over on one of every five possessions. That's just not good. They turned it over on four of their first five five uh, possessions of the game. The Magic had six turnovers for nine heat points in the first quarter alone. They committed five turnovers for another nine points in the third quarter. And in that decisive fourth quarter, a close game, the Magic had seven turnovers for 11 points. It was... A trickle. And with the Miami Heat team that struggles to execute in the half court, turning the ball over handed them the game. It gave them a lifeline while they were sinking. Now, turnovers are something you expect from young teams. Paolo Bancaro, I believe, had five turnovers in the game. For the first time in a while, the defense made him look uncomfortable. He didn't look like he knew quite how to read Miami's defense. And that's a credit to the Heat. The Heat are a great defensive team. That, you know, the Heat the Heat struggle on offense, but they're very good defensively. That's kind of what the Magic want to be, and they're not quite there yet. Everyone made their mistakes, though. And they were all kinds of turnovers. There were miscommunication turnovers. There were bad pass turnovers. There were a lot of offensive foul turnovers with the team trying to get to the lane and the Heat stepping in for the charge. You can argue whether some of those were charges or not. The refs called them that way. The Magic knew how they were being called. And they still barged in there anyway. The problem is turnovers have been an issue all season long. The Magic rank, I believe, 27th in turnover rate at 15.4%. It's actually improved over the last couple games. They they turn it over on a raw basis 15.3 times per game. Considering a team plays at a slower pace, each turnover cuts a bit harder. Each turnover is a lost possession, a lost opportunity, a precious chance missed. Those seven turnovers in the fourth quarter are killer. They may not have turned into fast break points, may not have turned directly into points, but they were possessions given away in a close game. And that simply cannot happen. Opponents score 18.8 points off turnovers per game. That's the fourth most in the league. If you're looking for an area where if the Magic can make immediate improvements, 
They will see a change in their record. They will see a change in their playoff fortunes. Look no further than turnovers. That has become the reality of the season. That has become the central thing this team has to improve. They have to be better protecting the ball. They have to be better just executing on a, on a straight basis. And we've seen this team bounce back, and I expect them to be better tonight against the Chicago Bulls. But this is the growing pains that a young team goes through. This is the things that a young team has to learn. And this is kind of the central thing, the last big thing maybe the Magic have to overcome to become fully realized, to become the team we all imagine they can be. Certainly in this game against the Heat, it was the big thing holding them back. I want to highlight some other things about this game, talk a little bit about the, the good things the Magic did as well as maybe a little bit on Jamal Mosley. I know he is always a favorite topic of fans. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. Championship games are tomorrow. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. It's easy to navigate. You can find all the picks, all the, all the bets you want to make. Just remember, it's uh, currently not available in Florida, so my Florida friends will have to wait a little bit longer to get our hands on FanDuel. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, Football and basketball fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. I think the theme that, that I've been obsessed with um, for the last week or two um, and, and, and something that I always like to like take a step back, pause, and, and just note is that the expectation and the standard, at least externally from fans, has changed. Um, I, I, I love talking with fans. I love t- talking with people who are frustrated after these losses. Because to me, that is a sign of how things have evolved and how things have progressed for this team. To be frustrated, you know, a loss to the Miami Heat, even losing a lead like they did earlier in the year, like if in November, certainly last year, a lot of us would sit here and say, they did it, they, they, they fought, they competed, we know, we could see how close we are. Instead, what we're feeling now, the evolution that we're feeling now, is... This is a game that we need to get. It's a game that we had on the road, a game that the Magic were controlling, and they they gave it away because of the turnovers. These are the kind of games that cost you a spot in the playoff chase. 
And, and even the way that we talk in the middle of games, and, and I'm guilty of this too, has changed completely from where we were early in the season. It's, you know, Joel Mosley needs to get Paolo Bancaro in earlier to make sure that they have a chance to win. Or you're riding the bench too long. You know, Bull Bull struggling. Get him out. Or, you know, why are they playing Mo Wagner instead of Mo Bamba if, if Wagner's struggling the way that he's been struggling of late? These are, like, questions that winning teams ask. And while I don't think that Mosley has quite flipped the switch or flipped his coaching priorities from giving guys chances to work through things, you know, giving that development bu- development push instead of saying we got to win every single, I mean, they got to win every single night, but instead of saying we got to make a special rotation or we got to make a special decision in the middle of the game, you can criticize Jamal Mosley all you want for that. I, I think there's room to criticize there. I'm not, I don't want to shut that down because I do think the standard has raised. And so there's there's got to be this balance now between developing the players and going for that carrot that's out there. Going for that potential postseason spot. It's out there. We all see it. It's you know, three and a half, four games away. Big one tonight against the Chicago Bulls, a six-pointer. Uh, against the Bulls to really pick up some pace and really get in there. The Magic are three wins behind in the win column of those teams fighting for 10th. It's going to take one good run, another eight of nine run to get back in that race. And it's, you know, doable. The Magic have been treading water essentially since that nine game run. And honestly, I would say that's progress in itself. You know, previously, you know, when the Magic had won four games or five of seven or five of eight or whatever it was, they'd go on a six, seven game losing streak and kind of give it all back. And honestly, after that nine game losing streak, the Magic went on that six game, went on the, went on the six game run. They won eight of nine. The concern, at least for me, is okay, the win streak's over. This winning feeling is done. How are you going to get it back? How are you going to maintain? How are you going to keep that? And so I want to pause and step back and say, the Magic treading water is progress. The Magic being 500 or a game or two under 500, that's progress. Because this team, you could feel this team's confidence. You could feel this team being, you know, being really good. Or you could you could feel this team understanding that a loss doesn't build on itself. You know, they, they don't get beat twice, um, as the old as some of the college football saying goes. You don't let Ohio State beat you twice. They're able to move forward, and, and that's, a, again, that's a credit to Jamal Mosley. As much as we want to criticize some of Jamal Mosley's in-game decisions, I think his bigger picture has always been fantastic. He's always kept the bigger picture in mind and how he approaches games and how he approaches his team, and that's made them better through the course of the season. Every game isn't do or die because it fits as a piece into a bigger vision. And that, and everyone's bought into that bigger vision. You can feel that, I hope. And again, like I said, he will take clips from the second quarter of this game and say, this is how we need to play. Forget about the rest of the game. Forget about what cost you the game. He'll find the positive and point it out just as much as he will say, hey, we got to protect the ball. We got to do better uh, 
valuing our possessions, especially in the fourth quarter. He understands the learning process that this team is going through. At the same time, though, the standard has raised. At the same time, though, how we talk about this team has changed. I spent a lot of time talking about turnovers because, A, that's what young teams do, but a team that matures, a team that's growing up, understands how to limit turnovers, how to value the ball, how to make smarter decisions. And so some of this might just be experience. And the next time the Magic play the Heat, the next time the Magic play that very physical brand of defense, they'll be better equipped and better prepared for it. They certainly struggled early on, even though they found a very long pocket where they were very good against it. This Magic team is still figuring these things out. They're still learning. They're still coming together. But the standard has indeed been raised. I don't think there's another way to say it. This team has shown its potential, shown what it is capable of, and shown that it can do more. And so if a loss like Friday night's loss feels disappointing, good. I, I know I said this, like I, 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 I've been kind of hitting this theme over and over again. Losses like Friday should feel disappointing. We are at a stage where they are disappointing. Where we will look back at the end of the season, you know, if the Magic, say, finish two games out of the play-in spot. We'll say, that game's one we should have gotten. That game's another one we should have gotten. It's learning lessons. It's not regret, but these are games the Magic have to learn how to win. These are games where the Magic have to learn how to be more composed, how to be more solid. Because turnovers right now are costing them. Cost them against Houston uh, way back when. Certainly cost them against Detroit. You know, we look at the turnover total, we look at the points off turnovers, and we can pretty much tell what happened in the game because of it. The Magic gave the Heat a lifeline because of those turnovers, because of those mistakes, because of those unforced errors, to be frank. As, as good as Miami's defense was, Orlando committed a lot of unforced errors. And you can't give good teams lifelines. That's a lesson this Magic team has to learn, and Luckily, the NBA is such, they get another chance tonight, Saturday night, against the Chicago Bulls to prove just how much they've learned. We're going to dive into the box score to close out today's show, talk a little bit about individual performances, because there were some good ones. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. All right, let's dive into the box scores. The Orlando Magic fall to the Miami Heat, 110-105. to Like I said, there was a lot of good things in this game. Um, I think Orlando played Miami very, very tough. I think that they, um, that they did a lot of really good things. Their defense was fantastic throughout the night. They fouled too much. That's been a problem all year, too, in addition to the turnovers. Um, but, you know, even if you're someone that says the officiating was bad, I... I think the, the the Heat were allowed to be a little more physical than the Magic, but I, I feel like the officiating was consistent. What was a foul, what wasn't a foul. Um, it's, as I tell everyone, referees don't lose games. The Magic lost this game. 20 turnovers for 32 points. That was the ball game because Miami shot just 45.9% from the floor. 10 for 33 from deep. They're 22-26 from the line, but Orlando won the free throw line, 27 for 32. So it's not like Orlando wasn't getting there either. Um, they only give up five offensive rebounds. 
you know, yeah, the Heat scored a little bit too much in the paint. They won the paint 54-32. That's a big thing for me. Orlando with just 28 field goal attempts in the paint. So Orlando was able to kind of build a lead a little bit because they were hitting threes. And when those threes kind of died off a little bit, the offense sputtered. Um, and it, it, again, turnovers were a big factor. Miami's defense was really good, was legitimately very good. But turnovers were the equalizer. Turnovers, like I said earlier, were the lifeline that kept Miami in this game. So let's dive into some individual numbers. Let's start with Franz Wagner. 19 points, 6 for 10 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep, 4 for 4 from the line, 6 rebounds. Um, Franz was the only starter with a not negative plus minus. He was plus 0. Um, big part of that was the bench group just dominated the game in the second quarter. Uh, three players shot had more than 10 field goals. Franz only had one turnover. So it... it I think the Magic are running into the problem that we all suspected they were running into last year where they don't get Franz the ball enough, where they don't let him kind of create and do his thing. Uh, he is so crafty getting into the lane and getting around defenders. Um, it's He is really impressive to watch. Um, and so, you know, Franz is getting his shots up. It's, it's not like he's last on the team in field goal attempts, but... I think there does need to be a concerted effort to get Franz the ball. When the offense is stuck, just give the ball to Franz, run a pick and roll, run a high pick and roll with him, whether it's Wendell Carter, whether it's Mo Wagner, get that, get him going. He's going to make good decisions. And, and he is not as likely to turn the ball over as some of the Magic's other players, to be perfectly honest. Um, Paolo Bancaro, um, in some ways, I was really impressed with the game that he had. In other ways, certainly a, a struggle for him. 19 points, 4 for 14 shooting, 1 for 6 from deep, 10 for 13 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 5 turnovers. Um, I think Miami's defense was the first time in a while we've seen Paolo struggle with double teams and struggle with the defensive schemes that he's seeing. Uh, I think that he he just made bad reads. Um, he made rookie mistakes. and you know That, that doesn't excuse the turnovers. He's got to learn from them. But it's just the first time in a while where it looked like a defense really bothered Paolo. Um, I got to give Paolo this credit, though. And I think this is really important. He didn't have a shot going. He was missing shots that he normally makes. He could have gotten frustrated and, and really kind of receded. Instead, especially in that second half, he attacked. He got to the line. He forced contact. He made things happen. Um, and I think that is a credit to him. That, you know, when he knows he doesn't have a shot going, when he knows the offense is struggling, he can still generate points by getting to the line. We'll work on the efficiency. We'll work on everything else as he matures, as he gets better. But just having this ability to get to the line when he doesn't have a shot going, that is a big deal. And I don't want people to forget that. Um, uh, uh, This, like, this 19 points, 13 free throw attempts, that's a uh, 4 for 14 shooting. That's a bad game for Paolo Bancaro. Um. So appreciate that a bad game is still still get, having a meaningfully contribute to the team. Like that's 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 the truth. Uh, Cole Anthony off the bench was the real big spark. Nineteen points, five for nine shooting, four for seven from deep, five for six from the foul line. He had seven rebounds. Did have three turnovers as well. Um, Cole is really on one right now. He's attacking, getting into the lane, finishing at the basket. Uh, you know, not settling for the three pointer, which is uh, which is my big thing with him. He cannot settle. Um, he is really attacking well. He had 17 of those 19 in the first quarter, first half. Um, so, you know, again, they slowed him down a little bit. You, you do expect, you don't expect bench players to put together two good halves, uh, unfortunately. But um, 
you know, this if Cole Anthony plays this way, he's going to have a good second half of the season. He's going to be fine. Um, I think he's come out of that little slump that, that we talked about last week. He's really starting to figure out what works and what doesn't for him uh, and, and to build his shot out. It's got to be inside out. And I think Cole is starting to, to put those pieces together. Uh, Wendell Carter, 16 points, 7 for 11 shooting, 2 for 5 from the floor. He had 8 rebounds, did foul out, have 3 turnovers as well. You know, Note how I'm saying everyone's turnovers. Um, I thought Wendell played really well. I thought his defense on Bam Adebayo was pretty solid. Adebayo still ended up with 20 points, 7 for 14 shooting, 6 for 7 from the line, 7 assists, um, but he also had 5 fouls. Um, I, honestly, I thought Wendell did fine on Adebayo. I thought he was physical when he had to be physical with him. Um, I thought he did a good job forcing him to shoot from the perimeter. Adebayo made his shots. He, Adebayo is an all-star. He will be an all-star. Um, he's having a fantastic year. Um, this was a good challenge. Um, was Wendell at his absolute best defensively? No, I wouldn't say that, but I thought that he did a good job challenging and making Adebayo work, uh, keeping him away from the basket. Adebayo made shots. What are you going to do? Uh, offensively, I thought Carter did a good job spacing the floor. Did a good job getting to his spots. His mid-range game was just on fire. He was able, he was hitting pretty much every shot he took from the mid-range. So just a really solid effort there. Uh, I, I, again, I think Wendell has maybe another gear he can get to. But overall, I thought he played solid. He was just a solid presence for, for the Magic in this one. Uh, Markel Fultz, just 10 points, 5 for 9 shooting. Six, uh, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. He had 4 turnovers as well. Uncharacteristic turnover game for Markel. Just kind of throwing the ball around, and again, I think that this is—I think this is something with Markel. Um, Markel is great, but I do think that there is sometimes a lack of focus and a lack of attention to detail. And he's very good at covering that up because he's just so good at, at, at like basic point guard things. Um, but overall, I think this team just has sometimes a lack of attention to detail. They get sucked into the pace. They get sucked into kind of throwing the ball around. Um, that they that they're unable to. To kind of close things out and close that door. Um, I, I think they did. I, again, I, I'm not here to. I, I'm not going to complain so much. I think they did some really good things. Uh, I think he did some really good things. Um, you know, he's able to get to his spots really well. But there is a consistency. I think of focus that has to come from Markel um, that isn't always there. Um, and, and 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 again, that's just again about maturing. And, and Markel's pretty mature as it is. But there's just these attention, especially with such a young team. The attention to detail for him has to be at its utmost. He has to know when to slow things down. He has to know when to kind of calm the team down with a good set. Um, and so to have him have four turnovers, that's that's rough for this group. That's rough for this team. Um, you know, again, that's that's just kind of how it is. Um, not a lot else going on. I got to give special kudos to Jalen Suggs. He only had three points, uh, all of them from the foul line, but five assists, two steals, only one turnover for Jalen Suggs. Um Jalen Suggs' defense in the second quarter set the tone for the whole quarter. Uh, he was ripping the ball from players. He was stealing. He was just getting after, diving on the floor. You know, he his offense is an issue. You know, I think there's a future episode on Locked On Magic about that coming up soon. Um, his offense, his ability to score, is something that that needs to be developed further. But this dude is all over the place defensively. He is everything this Magic team wants to be defensively. They've got to just bottle that up. Just bottle up Jalen Suggs' defense, please. Um, he is, he, uh, I've been calling him a chaos agent. The dude was just locking up whoever he was guarding. And, and you know, the Magic got to figure out how to get his offense to a higher level so that they can get more out of him. But 
Stick with Jalen Suggs, guys. He's 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 gonna be fine. Again, the Orlando Magic shoot 47.8% from floor, 35.3%, 12 to 34 from beyond the arc, 27 of 32 from the foul line. Only two offensive rebounds, but Orlando only gives up five offensive rebounds. So those rebound issues not present in this game. 20 turnovers for 32 Miami points, 16 fast break points, 54 points in the paint. Those are your problems in this game. Really put the Magic's defense behind the eight ball. Miami, not a great three-point shooting team. They shot just 10 for 33, but they hit some big ones to come back in the game in the third and fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler led the Heat with 29 points on 10 for 17 shooting, got 12 free throw attempts, 9 for 12 from the foul line, as well as 6 assists. Bam Adebayo, like I said, 20 points, 7 for 14 shooting, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. And uh, Max Struess really coming along, 17 points, 5 for 7 shooting from deep. That was the big thing that kept Miami in this game. Orlando, Miami, not a good three-point shooting team. They got a revival a bit from some of their poor three-point, from their guys who are disappointing on the three-point line. The Orlando Magic fall to the Miami Heat, 110-105, back in action tonight at the Amway Center, putting uh, putting their Amway Center uh, like home win streak on the line a little bit. Um, we'll see if the Magic can recover. On the second night of a back-to-back, Orlando still just one win on the second night of back-to-backs. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tutor, and Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places that own the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaylight.com. You can follow us there on Twitter, at omagicdaylight. We have a lot of stuff on the trade deadline. We'll get to some of that trade deadline discussion coming up next week, throughout the course of this week. We're going to have a trade. We're gonna have a guest to talk about the trade deadline as well coming up this week. So we are not ignoring the trade deadline. We will get to some of those things coming up here in, in, in a couple days throughout the week. But... That's going to do it for me today. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This is Phil Frost. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.